there's a unique aspect to the halachas of Yerusha. Yerusha is distinct from most other areas of Choshen Mishpat, of civil law. Generally, the Torah has many rules for shomrim, for custodians, for sales, mocher and kona, for workers, for partners. These rules are generally defaults. If they don't, parties don't specify, these are the rules that will control their relationship. But they're free to specify whatever they want. They can make any terms they want. People can stipulate any arrangements they want. Yerusha is different. Even though there are ways for a person to distribute his estate in a manner different from the laws of the Torah, the Torah doesn't want him to do that. It's wrong to do that. It's not so clear exactly why. But the Mishnah says, Someone distributes his estate via some kind of writing to others and takes the estate away from his sons. It's effective. The Chalm are not pleased with what he's done. Ein Rocham Nochemenu doesn't sound like the strongest expression of displeasure, but the post can use stronger language. The Rashbam says that they are, not only don't they have Nachas Ruach they have Charonaf, they have Fury. Other posts can use language of Chet and Avera, even Isser. Posts can generally agree that it's Osser to do this, uh, even though the Mishnah only used the relatively mild language of Ein Rocham Nochemenu, but not all poskim, but the general consensus is that it is not just inappropriate, it actually is, it actually is usher. The reason for the usher is not clear. Again, post, some poskim use language like, this is what the Torah wanted, you shouldn't be trying to be oker, nachla, daraisa. Again, the Torah wanted certain rules for shomrim as well, and the Torah prescribed certain rules for kinyanim and sales as well. Yet, we're, we're free to make our own rules also, and nobody says that that's wrong. It's not really clear exactly why this is wrong. Some give reasons al pisod. So we don't really know exactly why, but nevertheless, this is a halacha psuka. You shouldn't do it. And not only is it ein ruacham nochei mena, it is actually an iser, and it causes charonaf. Yushalmi even uses the language of cursing, that violating the, the, the seder yerush of the Torah is a person gets a klala. Definitely not something a person should do. The Gemara talks about this in Ksuvas as well. The context is the takana of Ksuvas benin dechrin, the Rabbana made a takana, that normally when a woman dies, her husband inherits her property, and then the property passes on to his heirs, some of whom might be her sons as well, but they could be other, other sons he has from other women. The Rabbana made a takana that her dowry, the money that was settled on her, should be inherited by her yarshim, exclusively by her sons, not by his. That's the takana of benin dechrin, her Ksuva and her dowry, should be inherited by her sons and not by his yarshim. Why do they do that? The Gemara asked, why do they make that takana? Because they wanted to encourage people to give dowries. If a person knows that if his wife dies, the dowry will stay in his family, it'll be inherited by her children, by his grandchildren, he'll be happier to give her a dowry. But if he knows that it'll pass to the husband and his heirs, he'll be less willing to give a dowry. So the Gemara says, okay, but the Gemara says, bro leiris, bro The Gemara says, sons inherit, and daughters don't inherit. And you're telling me the Rabbana were Masakain that the daughters should inherit, meaning that the Rabbana were Masakain, that we that that we the Rabbana were Masakain, about Nosflachad in the story of the Torah's laws of Yerusha, it says that sons inherit, daughters only inherit, there are no sons. And here they said, We want the father to give money to his daughter, and it should be inherited by Hurry Arshim. He's giving money to his daughter. How can you do that? How, the whole idea of a dowry. How is it mutter to give money as a dowry 
doesn't that violate the, isn't that against the whole idea of Havaris Nachlo? We know that we know the halacha is, the Gemara doesn't bring this mission yet, but the, we, we, we know the halacha is that the Gemara takes for granted, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't flout Yerusha Shaltar. The Gemara seems to think it's self-evident you shouldn't do this, even though, as we said, the reason's not clear, that you shouldn't do it. The Gemara says, no, this is a mitzvah, this is also a mitzvah, Daraisa, helping your daughter get married, the Gemara brings him is a mitzvah as well. How do you help a daughter get married? By giving her a dowry. How do you attract suitors? How do you attract husbands? By giving her a dowry. So that mitzvah of helping your daughter get married, the Pasuk says, Marry your daughters off. Give your daughters to men. How can you do that? How can you make sure your daughters get married? By giving them dowry. Since it's a mitzvah, that's why the Takana B'nin Dekrin was justified. Make them attractive by giving them money so people should want to marry them. The Gemara goes on, the Gemara brings a story. It says that they were going to, people, different Chachamim were involved in, in writing a, uh, making the marriage settlement, and the, the, eventually he wound up, uh, somebody was reluctant to go. It says that the, <coughs> it says that somebody was reluctant to go. They said, what's the problem? Even though it says, Lo Santa, Shmuel told of Yehuda. You shouldn't get involved in Avaris Nachla. You shouldn't transfer Nachla away from the heir to giving a daughter giving a daughter a dowry. Maybe you think that that violates the this issue of taking money away from the true Yarshim. So Limar says that doesn't apply here. This is also the kind of drabanan because we said that the we said that it's a mitzvah to give to help your daughter get married by giving him by giving her a dowry. Therefore, even though you're right, normally you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't take a Yerusha away from sons and give it to daughters. And you shouldn't even be involved. You shouldn't even be in, be in such a, a meeting, at such a, at, at such a discussion. That doesn't apply here because here it is a, a mitzvah of helping your daughter get married. The Gemara goes on. There was a misunderstanding. He wound up the the, the father wound up giving all his money away. So the Gemara says that's too much. I, I you shouldn't have given that much. Again, you shouldn't give away all your nechassim. There's a hatter to give a certain amount for a dowry. This is too much. So this Gemara also. Without referring directly to the Mishnah, this Gemara also says there's something wrong with Havaras Nachla. You shouldn't even be involved in such a in such a procedure. But there is a hetter. The hetter is to help a daughter get married. From about five six hundred years ago, at least, there was a custom in Ashkenaz that they did used to give money to daughters. They used to give the Shtar Chatzizachar when a woman got married as part of the marriage settlement. Instead of they would give dowries as well, but besides or in addition to a dowry. They, instead of a dowry, or in addition to a dowry, they would also give a shtar chatzizachar, which was a document, that the mechanism is not our concern right now, but they would give a document which would enable the woman, and or her husband, to inherit a share of her father's estate, even though, again, she was a daughter of Medaraisa, she wouldn't be Yerish, they, 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 but they used to write these shtaras. Today we often do this as part of a will, as part of estate planning. Back then they used to do it as part of the marriage settlement. They would write a document that gave the daughter and her husband a share of the estate. In the Chuvas Mara Mints, he explains that why do they do this? He says it's for the same reason as the Gemara. Even though normally we said Havaras Nachla is wrong, normally a person is not supposed to give away, not supposed to give away his Nachla. He says that L'shem Kach is Kinu. This is why they did it because in order that they should enable them to get married, they should have a dowry to make them attractive to men. Even though in general we say Lo Santa, but to help them get married is a heter as per the Gemara. So the Gemara says they gave a simple dowry, and today we do it in the form of Shtar Chatzit Zachar. The postkim gave, the postkim and Ashkenaz gave a variety of other reasons for why they did it, why they did it, what the Hector was. We'll discuss some of the other possibilities of Hector soon. 
Some say they did it, they would do it to avoid them, the, the women going to court and taking money, din and making a chil Hashem to avoid fighting in the family. So some say that those were heterim, or reasons why they did it. There are a variety of reasons, but the, but the classic reason given by the Maramints is because, even though normally this would be avaras nachla, not appropriate, but this is the hector of the Gemara, to give the daughter a dowry to enable her to get, to get married. And according to this, there is a chasim sofer and the marsham, two of the gedolei aposkim, both rule, this is only a hetter for a woman who's not yet married, to enable her to get married at the time of her marriage or before, to, ena- to make her more attractive to suitors. And you're not allowed to do this after a woman gets married. After a woman gets married, she found a husband already. What's the problem? There's no need people should jump, should run after her. So once she's married already happily, there's no need to, to, to do such a thing. So it reverts to the Isra of Havaras Nachla. That's actually the position of the Chasim Sofer and the Marsham. Nevertheless, some later postkim, some contemporary postkim, say that it is permitted to give the daughters a, a, a chalik of the estate, even after marriage, the way we do it today, which is writing a will, which is often done after the daughters are married. Other postkim are still make ill. It's not entirely clear why. One argument sometimes made is that, as we mentioned earlier, besides the Maramins, there are a variety of other justifications for the Shtar Chatzi Zachar. Nachla Shiva writes, why were they misakin it? To make l'chabaval baila, to make the woman beloved by her husband, when the chassan sees that his father-in-law gives her, gives her a lot of money, and he considers her like his son, he values her, therefore he also has chiba yisera le'ishto. So it, it, it enhances shalom bayis, l'chabaval baila. That obviously is true even after the, the couple's married. And the post can give a variety of other reasons for why they were misakin, shtar zachar, and some of those reasons, many of the reasons apply after marriage as well. So, therefore, the minute today seems to be that people do this, this one exception to Avaras Nachla of giving daughters, people do even after marriage, although, again, it's a remarkable thing. The Chasim Sofer and the Marsham both took for granted that the Iker reason is the reason of the Maramints, that it's Kiechid the Kapsu Allah, and that reason only applies before marriage. But the Minag, perhaps based on the Nachla Shiva or the other reasons, the Minag is that we do this even after the, even after the couple is already married. Now, there are virtually every aspect of the prohibition of Avaras Nachal is subject to Machlokas. One of the most basic questions is, is it Asur to completely disinherit a child, or is it, or is it Asur even to distribute some of the estate in a manner different from the Yerusha? Everyone agrees a small gift. You can give a birthday present. Everyone agrees you can make small gifts to those who are not Yarshim. But can you distribute, as a form of estate planning, a large amount of money away from the Yarshim? So again, the Gemara Ksuvas indicates that that's also Asif. The Gemara Ksuvas indicates even though the, the dowry, the marriage settlement, wasn't all the money, it was only some of the money, the Pashas of the Gemara is, even the, that the, the Ksuvas meant the the dowries there don't seem to be all the person's money, and even that would have been Asir were it not for the special hector of enabling the woman to get married. And the, so the, the Pashas is, some posts can argue, that even giving away some of a person's money in a manner different from Yerusha Shaltara even that is really Asur as uh, Havaras Nachla. And the Rapos can rule that way. On the other hand, the Tashpats brings from the Gaonim that as long as a person's Meshire Dalad Zuzim, he can give away, he can give away the, the rest of his Nechassim. And many Postkim follow this rule that as long as you Meshire something Birusha, you can, you can give away the rest. How much do you have to leave with the Yerusha Shaltara? Tashpat says Dalad Zuzim. Chadgadia was bought with two Zuzim, Dalad Zuzim. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of money. Some posts can therefore assume it's even a fairly a minimal amount, four dollars. I, I saw in the name of Zalman Chemia Goldberg. Others say that it has to be a Dover Chashev. And Moshe Feinstein famously said it has to be Chashev. In the year Tufshin Chavav, in the year Tufshin Chavav, so about 
about 50 years ago, nearly 50 years ago, he said, if you leave $1,000 to each Yarish, the Dabrachashev has to be to each of the Yarshim Shaltara, if you leave $1,000, that's that you can give away the rest. In another tshuva he wrote, the person should leave a fifth of his estate, and it's, it's proportional to the size of the estate, he says, you leave a fifth of the estate, that's called leaving a Dabrachashev. Supposed to have different theories how much you have to leave, but but again, there's a tremendous machlokas. Some posts can say Chasim Sofer is noted this way, and and others say the that and others say that that you have to, that you can't give away any substantial portion of the estate. Again, to leave over to give away in a, a small token amount is is, is presumably much likuli alma. Post can suggest, but the but some say you have to give away you have to leave substantially all your Yerusha for Yerusha Shaltara. And some, following the Tashbats or Moshe and many other posts, can say that as long as you leave part of the estate Birusha, you can give away you can give away the rest. Another question: If a person gives a gift mechayim, so again, small amounts, a birthday present seems to be mutter lekuliyam, but a person wants to do estate planning and give away a large portion of his estate, a gift that will be mechayim. If he gives guf meyom peros lachamisa or a gift that's totally mechayim, is that subject to the israf of Nachla? Once again, the Gemara in Ksuva seems to indicate that it is, because the dowries and so on, Pashtas, were, were, were settlements on the, on the daughter later in the time of the Rishonim, when they wrote the Shtar Chatzizachar, those were sort of like wills, marriage settlements in the form of wills. But the Gemara was talking about a simple dowry, giving money at the time of the, of the marriage. That seems to have been a Matana Mechayim. Nevertheless, the Gemara indicates that that was subject to the Isra of Avaras Nachla, were it not for the, for the heter of giving a dowry. So many posts can therefore argue, the Chatzim Sofer and others argue, even Mechayim, that, that, that even Mechayim, this is Aser. And that the uh, Marsham Paskins this way, that even Mechayim, it's Aser to do, it's Aser to do this. Other posts can say that, no, that Mechayim, there's no Isser. And that's, again, that's one of the justifications that was offered for the Shtar Chatzis Zachars that were prevalent for half a millennium already. And that's, again, why some say that uh, even the form we do it today, in the form of a will, if it's structured in a way that, that it counts as a Matana Mechayim, that, that the will actually takes effect while the person's still alive, our wills often do. They're structured as an obligation, a chov that takes effect right away. That's uh, the chov is cancelled if the children abide by the will. But some argue that our chatzizachers, chatzizachers are structured as matana mechayim, or they're structured in other ways which are not subject to the belashen hodav chiyuv. They're not structured as, as outright gifts in Yerusha. So some, some posts can argue that the isser of that the isser of avaras nachlo does not apply to a matana mechayim. But once again, this is. Once again, this is a tremendous machlokis. The Isra of Avaras Nachla we mentioned, according to most poskim, applies to all heirs, although again, some say that it's limited to, uh, to sons, but most poskim say this already, the, the general consensus is that it applies to most heirs. There's even a machlokis about tzedakah. Is there a heter to give a substantial portion of one's estate to, in, in his will to tzedakah? So again, if you're not giving all your money to tzedakah, then you already have a hetter that as long as you're Mashiach or Dabrachashuv, as long as you leave over a substantial amount, or even for, for Zuzim, that's already a hetter. But let's say a person gives away all his money to tzedakah, or let's say you don't hold in general there's a hetter if you leave some of your estate. This is a major machlokas. The Chasim Sofer, again, is a tremendous machmer. The Chasim Sofer says that in general, even distributing a portion of your estate is asr, even giving your money to tzedakah is asr, even if it's only a portion of your estate and it's for tzedakah, it's asr, he says, the only hetter the Chasim Sofer allows is a person who has no children, that the, it says, like, Kosh Baruch Hu is a Malayal of Evra, there's a particular wrath in heaven against someone who, 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 at least someone who chose not to procreate, maybe even someone who wasn't Zoha to procreate, this person needs a special kapara, and therefore, for such a person who has no children, and it's, and it's only Mikzas Nechasa, the Chasim Sofer says, 
that, that, that for such a person, it's legitimate for him to give money to tzedakah. But short of that, the other people who want to give tzedakah, the chasim server doesn't think, doesn't think that that's, that that's legitimate. In general, even though it's a matnas bari, it's asr. Even if it's only mixas nechas of it's asr, it's shayach to all yarshim. And the only hatter we can think of is if a person has no children, then if he gives mixas nechas he can say, that's maizim b'chal yom. That's justified. They establish foundations, karen kayemes, and so on. Other than that, it's asr. Many other posts can disagree. Many other posts can say that it is permitted to make substantial bequests to tzedakah in a will. Piskechuva points out, he says that the Surfer, yes, he has a riot from the Gemara and Ksuvas, that even a part of someone's estate giving away is subject to Avaras Nachla. And yes, the Gemara and Bama does indicate that even when you make hektish, even when you makhtish l'shamayim, that's asr. But that Gemara isn't talking about mixtas nechaz. That Gemara is talking about giving your entire estate to hektish. The Chassam Surfer put the two Gemaras together and said, even mixtas, even hektish is asr. Even tzedakah is asr. Maybe each one is asr. It's asr to give all your money to tzedakah. It's asr to, it's asr to disinherit your sons totally and give the money to hektish. It's asr to disinherit your sons even partially if it's not going to tzedakah. But if it's going to tzedakah and it's only mixtas nechasa, maybe that's mutter. And certainly many posts can say that it is mutter to give at least part of your estate to tzedakah. Piskechuva notes one of the strong proofs they bring is from a, is from a Gemara about Marukva. The Gemara says that he was, he was nearing death and he ordered a review of his, he ordered a review of his, uh, of his, of, of what he had done, of, of, of the tzedakah he had given, how much he had given, and he said that he has, he, 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 had, he had indeed given a lot, but apparently he was concerned it wasn't enough. He said he had given 7,000 dinar siyanki, he said, zvadoi kalila, my provisions are light, my mitzvahs are light, urcha rechikta, I have a long way to go. He gave away a lot of his money. Palge, our girs is palge, the shiltas apparently had a girs of uh, a third, so the Ramah says, Bishas Misa, you see from this Gemara, a person's allowed to give away all his money to Tzedakah. It seems, so the Ramah understood, Lab Palge, he can give away even all his money. Some posts can say up to a half or up to a third. But anyway, the Pashas of this Gemara is the person is allowed to give away a big chunk of his estate. The Ramah says all of it, or the, or the maybe from Mishai or a little bit, but certainly most of it, or, 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 or Shlish, or, or Palge, you could give away. So Pizchachuva brings this, and many posts can bring this as well. And certainly the Minog was people gave away significant amounts of money to Tzedakah in their wills. So again, even though the Chassim Sofer is strict, many other posts can say you're allowed to make a substantial donation to Tzedakah in your will. Ramosha Feinstein points out, he says, I don't understand. Even if we accept the Chassim Sofer, that, with, that uh, in general it should be austere to give away even L'Shem Shemayim, even Miksas Nechassim. But once you're allowing it in the case of a person who has no children, because the Baruch Hu's Amaliel of Evra, and the rest of us don't have problems that we need kapara for. Everyone needs a kapara. Everyone has a virus and needs a tikkun for his neshama. So once you accept the chazam Sofer's basic argument, that at least in the case of someone who has no children, he's doing it for himself, he's doing it uh, for, for, to improve his own fortune in the world to come, all of us can use, with, can use some improvement in our fortunes in Olam Haba. So we all have that hector. So Ramosha argues very strongly, a person is allowed to give away a significant chunk of his estate, and that's the opinion certainly of many poskim, perhaps of perhaps, of most poskim. There's one final thing to be concerned about. In addition to the Isra of Havaras Nachla from the Mishnah and Gemara in Bavastra and the Gemara in Tzuvas, there's also a Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara says, a person should not make invidious distinctions. He shouldn't be Mishana Beno Ben Abanim. He shouldn't even give one son more than the others, because look what happened with Yaakov and Yosef. He gave him a coat that was just worth two slime, caused jealousy, and they all went down to Mitzrayim. So a person shouldn't do that. There are various Heterim, the Mepharshim point out that Yaakov did it again on his deathbed. On his deathbed, Yaakov 
gave Yosef Shechem Achad Alachacha, he gave him an extra portion. How could he do that? So Vachronim gave various Tarutzim. One of them is that since he, since he knew Yosef would be the one primarily involved with his burial, he was compensating him for that. So, so some posts can say that you can compensate a child for taking care of you. If one child took care of the parents when they were older, that, that, that could be a heter. But in general, you're not supposed to make distinctions and give one son more than the other. The, the Rambam writes, you shouldn't do that b'chayav. You shouldn't do that while a person's alive, even a small amount, because it causes jealousy. The Torah puts this in the halachas of estate planning. The Torah says that he brings the Isra of Avaras Nachla, and he says that you shouldn't be Mashan of the Banim, because it leads to jealousy. And the implication of the Torah is that this is true even in a will. The Bach and the and David Oppenheim as well, they say that the that the they say that no, that the Isra of causing kinna is only in gifts you give while you're alive, like Yaakov gave Yosef the 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 the, the, the Ksonis Pasim while he was alive, but gifts that you make in your will are not subject to this rule of causing jealousy. But other posts can disagree. Other posts came the Mashmos of the Torah, and other posts can disagree. Many other posts can seem to say that the many other posts can seem to say that even in a will, a person should be careful in addition to the Isra of Avaras Nachla, even if the formal Isra of Avaras Nachla might not apply, a person should still avoid doing things in his will that may cause jealousy between his children. Pesachoshin discusses what about, is, is, there, is there an issue of jealousy if, if you let Yerusha Shaltara go and the sons get and the daughters don't get? The daughters might be jealous. Is that, a, is that a question of jealousy? He says it's mashma on the contrary. Yudafka shouldn't give the daughters to make them equal to the sons. We mentioned earlier, Havaris Nachla, the Gemara indicates, means you shouldn't give the daughters. There's a hatter of giving them, of giving them for for the will, maybe even other eterim, like we said, but there is an isser in, in just giving daughters money for no reason, the Gemara indicates. What happened to jealousy? Says the, says the, says the Pesach that, 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 that that's not the concern. The concern of jealousy is among sons, who are all Yarshman, should get equally, there's an issue of jealousy if you if you make them unequal. But daughters, he says, uh, no, Pasha's not. On the other hand, we mentioned earlier that the post can found many reasons to give daughters, in addition to the narrow reason of the Gemara of Kedekhi Dekapsi, post can give many other reasons, that the Sefer Mishpat Savah, by Rav Schwartz, he says that, uh, that, that the, the indication, the implication of the post is that one of the reasons to give a daughter a share of the estate is to avoid jealousy, to avoid fighting in the family. The question is how much you give daughters, so that the traditional amount was chatzi zachar. We have, we have many examples of shtaros and poskim and that they used to give chatzi zachar, meaning they would write the shtar to give the daughter a share that was 50% as much as the son's got, so half as much as the son's got. Zaman Nechemiah Goldberg, though, says there's no paid on that, that's what they used to do, but a person can give daughters the same amount as sons as well. Even though we don't find as much precedent for that, there are occasional precedents for that as well. Zaman Nechemiah says there's nothing wrong with giving daughters as much as sons, you're allowed to do that. Again, once you get past the Isra of Avaras Nachla, you have one of these Heterim. Chasim Sofer also writes, you shouldn't give the daughters more than the sons, but apparently up to the sons, you're allowed to do. And my understanding is that that's the Minog, that people do give their daughters a share of the estate equal to the sons, not just Chati Zachar, but even Zachar Shalem, they even give them shares as large as the shares that they give to the sons, as large as the shares that the sons will inherit.